Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Taco Tuesday. Now Taco Wednesday. We have hit every single day possible on the calendar of the week. We've done Taco Monday, Taco Tuesday, Taco Wednesday, Taco Thursday. Oh, yeah, I guess we haven't done Friday, but we pretty much have been on every single day. Uh, we switched with Sabrina and Raj, so if you tuned in yesterday, you heard I Love Basketball, and now if you're tuning in for their show, I mean, it's all on the same feed. It's not like you're turning on the radio station, right? So, Alex, here we are on a Wednesday night. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I actually spoke with Anthony earlier. He was on my San Diego show this morning. And uh, we had we had this whole 25-minute talk about Russell Westbrook, which I think <laughs> we're about to repeat right now. But uh, it was good to hear him. I haven't seen his face in a while. And uh, it's good to see you. I know people can't see us, but we're recording here on Zoom. And, man, today was a, a newsy day without being newsy. You know, like it, there, nothing happened, but a lot of things were reported. And where I want to start, what I find most fascinating above anything else is at Lakers has been active today and yesterday. Have you noticed anything peculiar about the Lakers social media page on Twitter specifically? Not off the top of my head, but I feel like you have. What have, what have you been noticing? Okay. So let's go back. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Was it a few weeks ago when Jeannie Buss, who's on a promotional tour, uh, terrible timing to be on a promotional tour, by the way, if you're Jeannie Buss talking about her Hulu documentary but she when she spoke with the athletic i don't i'm trying to remember specifically where she said i'm excited to watch lebron james anthony davis and kendrick nunn play basketball this year no mention of russell westbrook then yesterday a report came out i believe it was yesterday where genie bus called russell westbrook the lakers best player last year to the point where the reporter was so dumbfounded by that statement that he didn't realize what she said. So he had to go back and text her, hey, did you mean this? And she said, oh, no, I meant to say our most consistent player on the Lakers. So that's just a refresher course of where we're at right now when it comes to Russell Westbrook and the owner of the Lakers. Well, how about social media, Alex? I know I'm being really silly right now, but I mean, it's silly season. Yesterday at Lakers, August 30th, not new to this with a crown emoji, and it's LeBron flexing at the practice facility in El Segundo. Cool. Obviously, team's warming up. Training camp just a few weeks away. Today, I don't know exactly at what time. I'll tell you right now. At 1.31 p.m., countdown to season. A picture of a bulked-out-looking Anthony Davis getting ready to shoot what looks like a free throw. A few minutes later, just a lock emoji. You got to think, oh, they got to Russell Westbrook. They got to mention Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly. They got to mention the stars of the team, right? How about I do you one better? How about uh, two pictures? One of Lonnie Walker and one of Wenyan Gabriel. And that is all we got so far. So why do I bring this up? I think I brought it up a little bit last week. You're laughing at me, but I, I, a little bit last week I talked about it. The Lakers have not mentioned Russell Westbrook all offseason, like the, on social media. Ownership has, LeBron has, Damian Jones has, Patrick Beverly has. Everybody's mentioning how they're ready to talk and play with Russell Westbrook. 
Social media is not playing around. But you know who's not talking about getting ready to play for the Lakers? You know who's not liking tweets about playing for the Lakers? You know who's not replying back to any of the tweets with his name in it? That's Russell Westbrook. Have I gone to conspiracy theory or or am I just like, is it August 31st (laughs) and I've run out of things to say about Russell Westbrook that I am now digging in to social media and trying to connect the dots like Charlie and, (laughs) and always sunny with the red string. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. It's very Jake Gyllenhaal and Zodiac, like solving all these clues and stuff. Um, Have you seen the, the speaking of the social media, the social, social media clip, the Lakers, the video they sent out. Russell Westbrook was in that video. He was working out, which led to another conspiracy from people dissecting that video saying, is that old footage of Westbrook <laughs> working yeah. out? And they, they clipped it in, but that, that was quickly debunked. And uh, yeah, so they did post the video, but Westbrook has not gotten a single image of just him or, with the two guys again. I think the last time the Lakers even acknowledged his existence on social media was the G League, no, excuse me, the Summer League game where he sat completely on opposite ends of the court of LeBron James. Yeah, it looks like on both ends, they know where they currently stand. They don't want to make things awkward and tweet something out and he gets traded the next day or something. So, yeah, it it is funny that it's just so awkward right now. And that's why it's like, come on, just get this over with. But I think we are literally playing the longest staring contest of all time right now. And what I mean by that is the Lakers are just not willing to let go of that second first round pick. Thus is creating the longest summer in the history of summers. If you're a Laker fan, the Lakers from all reports, we're about to break out. What is there? Four or five today. we'll, We'll talk about all of them, but at the end of the day, they all have one common theme. They don't want to get rid of the 2029 first round pick. Not for not Kyrie Irving. Not for the package they're going to get back, whether it be from Utah, whether it be from Indy, whether it be, I mean, those are really the only two teams, I guess. But either package, they don't want to give up the second round pick. They don't, or the second first round pick. They don't want to do it. And thus, we here we are in a standoff, in a staring contest, whatever it is you want to call it. That seems that it won't ever end, but eventually it has to end. I think like you just said, just get it over with. I think this will be over with the closer and close the, the, the as we inch towards training camp, that's when something will happen. Someone's going to budge. Someone has to budge. Yeah. And, and I think like we're in a part of the summer where there is still no deadline. I mean, the deadline is training camp, right? I, I think if you're going to try to make a deal like this for all parties involved, you want to get this done before then, because you want to go into training camp with a fresh start, right? You have Darvin Ham, first time head coach. You don't want him to be answering questions constantly about Westbrook. You don't want um, to make it to media day and every single new player is asked about Westbrook. It just gets awkward. Like you want to start on a new foot. You want to, turn the page, all those metaphors, analogies. You can, you want to just kind of get this over with for Westbrook's sake also, right? Like it's going to be awkward for him uh, if he's asked these things and he might say something even worse and that might diminish his trade value. Like you, at this point, you, you want to get this done. And I think they will. I think it's just a matter of figuring out which deal they want to pursue. And um, if they're willing to go with that second first round pick, if it comes to that, maybe they, they make a deal without having to include it. 
So do you want to start with something new, I guess? Because, you know, last week we talked a lot about what's next. They got Patrick Beverly. We both assumed Miles Turner and Buddy Heald just makes a ton of sense. But now let's talk about the new stuff before we get to the latest with Indiana. The new stuff is, how about a three-team deal? We, we have talked about this before. It is very complex when you're talking about three-team deals. A lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving salary. But the reports today from Eric Pincus, the reports today from the New York Post, the reports today from Joe Von Buha, like all these reports are basically pointing to, are we about to have a little menage a trois between the Knicks, Jazz, and Lakers? Alex, can you explain what's happening? Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, again, like you say all these things, but I don't think anyone's come out and actually reported anything. It does feel like people have just kind of alluded to things like may, possibly making sense, like uh, the Pinkest report specifically. He just laid out the framework of a three-team mm-hmm. deal and how the Lakers can help facilitate Utah and New York finally getting that Donovan Mitchell deal which has been going on for months now. And uh, besides that, Jovan was on a, I think it was Hoops Hype podcast where he um, said that it it is coming down between two teams, Utah and Indiana for Westbrook. And he said, Utah seems more likely at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then um, who else said something today? So with the Jovan. It was Pincus, Jovan, and who else? Uh, the New York Post. Oh, and then uh, Mark Berman. Mark Berman. Yeah, mentioned that the Lakers still have interest in Cam Reddish, who is currently a Nick. So that that would kind of also tie into the Lakers working with the Jazz and Knicks in a, in, in a three-team deal. So basically, the Lakers would help you know take back some money. They would send Westbrook somewhere, probably Utah, send a pick out. So. Okay, so this is the deal. This is what the Lakers would be sending out, according to Pincus. Yeah, just, let's lay it out. Yeah, this is just hypothetical that he's laying out. He's not reporting this is what's going to happen. It's just what what money works. So it'd be the Lakers sending out Westbrook, mm-hmm. and he has them just sending out one first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So it would be Westbrook and one first-round pick, maybe some Because seconds. of the three-way deal, he feels as if you don't need to send as much if you're the Lakers because there's multiple moving pieces. Exactly. And you would, you would assume New York is sending Utah a ton of picks as Mm -hmm. well. Right. But the Lakers are coming in and helping Utah and helping New York. So they wouldn't have to send as much. They might send one, they might send a couple second rounders and they would take on some bad money. So they would take on Evan Fournier's money. He has two Mm -hmm. years left. Um, They would take on Bogdanovich from Utah, who we've talked about. And um, they would also take on Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. So it would be the Lakers getting those three players and sending out Westbrook in one first round pick, essentially. Now he did say, he did mention the Jazz could be sending different players instead of Bogdanovich. He did mention Malik Beasley, mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson, old friend alert, or Mike Conley. Uh, he said that's assuming Utah prefers to hold on to its younger players. Um, is there a package from Utah? So now this is the new stuff we're talking about. In return, I don't know if you mentioned Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks. Yeah, that's like the big piece. Mm-hmm. The Knicks moving stuff. Um, so if if your choice of players is the the two you said Fournier Reddish, uh, who I believe Reddish is, they've been trying to get him for a while, right? They were trying to trade. Clutch. So who is the third? Pl- are we getting three pieces back? Is yeah, that kind so of what's assumed? It would be Fournier, Bogdanovich. So it'd be Bogdan, uh, Fournier from the Knicks, Reddish from the Knicks, and Bogdanovich from the Jazz. So in three-team deals, everyone has to kind of touch. So teams have to, like, 
it's either a pick going somewhere else, a player going to one team to the other. It can't be all one team getting something. Each has to be touched by another team. So the Lakers would get a Nick and a Jazz back mm-hmm. in, in this deal. So three, the theory is three, maybe four, but who knows? And Cam Reddish is probably, obviously the Lakers need shooting. We talked just in depth about that last week. The Lakers, we still believe, need a wing. So you would assume that getting Bogdanovich and Reddish, that's two huge needs that they have. A three-point shooter and a wing and a wing player. It seemed like Reddish is that that prototype, right? He is mm-hmm. the wing defender that uh, he's been more theoretical than yeah. actual so far in his career. But he is a guy who, in theory, he has shown flashes of being a really good defender in Atlanta. And like you mentioned, this is a guy the Lakers have been tied to since last year. Right? They were pretty close to acquiring him at the trade deadline to, to a couple of reports. And um, I think he's also clutch, which, again, goes a long way. Um, and he's just, he's young. He's expiring. That's another thing to mention. Like he's a, a good flyer for the Lakers to take on. And all three guys, if these are the three guys they're getting, are I think like six, six and six, seven up. Yeah. So that definitely helps from the size department. Uh, Fournier, six, six, Bogdanovich, six, seven, Reddish, six, eight. Bogdanovich immediately comes into the team, becomes a starter because he's the only person that could shoot on this team, right? Well, Fournier, Fournier is, is, a, is a pretty damn good shooter. But again, he, he's... But when you look at that. a career, when you look at a full career, yeah, like Fournier has has some seasons, but Bogdanovich is just consistently like a 45%, 46% three-point shooter. Yeah, he, he, he definitely probably, season. he comes in and, and definitely makes the case to be a starter and, and probably the team's best shooter. Um yeah, so what do you think about that deal? Say the Lakers, it is those three guys and the Lakers sending out Westbrook and the first. We haven't talked about this deal before. Yeah. But what do you like? We haven't. It? Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot to like because of need. Obviously, the biggest issue that I think both of us had with the Kyrie thing is yes, you're getting a third superstar, an elite talent, top whatever player in the NBA. Um, but it didn't really address a need. And now if you can pull this trade off specifically, I feel like it addresses a lot of needs. I'm not telling you that they're all going to come in and be the best versions of themselves. Unfortunately, we've seen teams, we've seen players come here and become worse versions of themselves. So that's yet to be seen. Um, But I think that the Bogdanovich thing is very exciting. The Fournier thing is very exciting because they need shooters. That is just the modern day NBA. The Laker team will struggle because they don't have enough shooters. That is to me, they will struggle. I don't care how, how healthy Anthony Davis is, how healthy LeBron is. The Lakers will struggle because they don't have shooting. To me, it's that simple. Um, those two guys can come in, give you points off the bench, give you points from a starting lineup. Um, things that Russell Westbrook can never give you. That I Right now, I think it's pretty evident, right? The Lakers don't need a Russell Westbrook player. I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook. The type of player he is, the Lakers don't need that. So they would acquire three players who don't need the ball in their hands, right? I, yeah. I mean, they, they will work off of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly. They're essentially all three catch-and-shoot guys. Fournier is pretty good, you know, off coming off screens. He has a little more, I would say, overall scoring ability than a guy like Buddy Heald. I think he can do a little more than just catch-and-shoot. Um, basically, you're adding again, like we talked about last, last week with Beverly, you're just adding an, a legit NBA rotation guy. Yeah, or multiple. And last season, there was too many times where the Lakers put out lineups out there. Where like, what? And like <laughs> this guy, there's a reason a lot of those guys aren't on teams mm-hmm. uh, currently. Most and of them. Yeah. So you are adding 
rotation guys. And that definitely helps you like a lot, especially through an two game season. So I, I also like the deal. I also like that the Lakers are only giving up one pick in this hypothetical situation. Cause then they can always use that pick come trade deadline and maybe go after a guy like Miles Turner again, if they really like him. Yeah. And I like the, you know, they're not acquiring old players. They're acquiring. I know Bogdanovich is 33. Uh, Fournier's 29. Cam's 22. You're acquiring not old players. That's always good compared to last year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very intriguing too, because I, as much as I would love to get the Buddy Heald saga out of my brain, um, that package I think is clear. Okay. Maybe not clearly, but I think it's significantly better because of need, not necessarily because of the players are better than Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, but I don't think the Lakers need a Miles Turner when you look at the big guys they acquired this off season. It, there is like, even when, like, I, I, I personally like Miles Turner. I, I think he'd be a great for next to AD. But again, like you said, they'd signed two centers this summer. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a point where you would have three centers on the team with Turner and also AD. And mm-hmm. that just felt like a little bit too much in terms of big distribution in terms of minutes and just kind of just lineup utility wise in terms of what you can do with your team. So when they traded THG and they traded Stanley Johnson, you essentially lost two wing type players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you needed to, to make a kind of a trade where you're kind of infusing some of that back. I, I do feel if they do this deal, there is a lot of overlap still with kind of the guards, wings, twos and threes. There's a lot of guys on the team now who kind mm-hmm. of all play similar positions and do similar things. So um, yeah, I, I, I like this deal. It's not, again, it's not the sexiest trade they can make with Westbrook, but it does, you know, check some boxes. They do get two legit shooters who probably right away are, are two of the best shooters on the team, like mm-hmm. instantly, day one. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's maybe the two best. Been, yeah. <laughs> that's what they've, they've been reportedly, that's what they've been trying to accomplish this offseason after their signings. Go get shooting. I, I think this, this helps with that. Now, can they make it? Can they make this deal only giving up the 2027 first round pick? That's, is that where? Is Rob Polinka holding up this deal by not wanting to give up the second pick? Or is this more on the the Knicks and the Jazz are figuring out how many picks the Knicks are going to give up to get Donovan Mitchell? Because Danny Ainge is in Utah now and he wants his picks. Yeah, like I this in this trade, I I, I firmly believe that Lakers should not be giving up a, a second first rounder. Like you can you can kind of like make a case for Indiana if you really like those two players. But this, I'm like, you're taking on Fournier's money, right? Um, you would do the same with Buddy in that hypothetical, but you're also taking on um, Bogdanovich. Reddish is expiring. Um, you're basically just taking on money to help facilitate that trade. New York has literally like eight or nine first round picks they can trade. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't like Utah can take on Westbrook. They can cut him. They're the one team I think we've talked about since the beginning of the year or the summer that. They're when once they trade since Mitchell spring, and Gobert, Alex, yeah, spring. Once they trade those two players, <laughs> they have really no reason why they wouldn't take Westbrook. Like yeah. he's who's he who's stunt like development is he going to stunt there? They don't have any prospects really. They don't really want Barrett. It sounds like so take minutes away from from Mike Conley and Jordan. THD uh, maybe again. Oh, right? I forgot about THD. Um, there, there you go. Yeah, so I, I I think this is a deal that makes sense from all three sides. It's just you're it's just depending on how much you really thought the Lakers would get back for Westbrook. This might feel like a bit of a drop off, obviously from Kyrie and even from buddy and Turner for some. Should I put my aluminum, my tinfoil hat back on 
do it. So you just brought up THC and I forgot that he went to Utah. Was that step one of a two-part trade that we kept talking about two-part trade, but we immediately went to Indiana was the THT and Stanley for Pat step one, like getting into talking to that front office, you know, they've yeah. already been speaking. They already executed a deal. Was that step one? I was going to say most of the time when trades happen, especially bigger ones, it's usually with teams you've made trades with in the past, right? You have a working relationship with the opposing GM or whoever. So that at least shows they can get a deal done. Yeah. Um, you definitely could have imagined during those conversations saying like, Hey, let's just make this small deal. Now we'll circle back for these other players. They've already been discussing each other's players. They probably know where they stand with other guys. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely think that probably helps them. I think with this type of deal, right. That they've already done. Something. I would say at this point, the, unless something completely comes out of left field, what else can you, what else can you talk about at this point when it comes to a trade? Like, honestly, what do you, what has it's not just these two teams, it, what it, has not been offered at this point that can be offered now? Yeah. And, and I'm saying like for Westbrook, it's down to these two teams. There's no, I'll take mystery team out there where Westbrook gets rerouted or something. It's either Indiana or Utah, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about Indiana because some news did come out that Indiana was ready to pull off the trade for the Buddy Heald and Miles Turner package for Russell Westbrook, THT, one pick. Was it one pick or two? It was, picks? two. It was two. Two picks, but in return, and I just lost it. I'm so sorry. The Lakers would have to take on Daniel Tice, Tice and his contract. Mm -hmm. So break that down <laughs> because obviously that didn't happen because THD is gone. And this is where the, everyone's reporting about the sand putting that line in the sand where I am not giving you the second pick. I don't know where you stand on this. And uh, I, I think that the Lakers smartly walked away from that. I would not have done that deal. Would you have done that deal? No, it seems like you gave up a lot and didn't get anything in return except more money to take yeah. on. And again, I don't know whoever reported that. I forget who, but um, that could have been like the team's first offer. Like I can easily see Indiana being like, okay, we'll do that deal but we'll do this. And that was like the first offer on the table between the yeah. two teams. Michael Scotto. Okay. Um, hoops, hype. hoops hype. Yeah. So I'm sure like, again, we don't know when that deal was offered, but it, it sounds like that's the first deal you make in negotiations. You definitely ask for everything mm -hmm. and ask them to take Daniel Tice back and stuff like that. Who's okay. He's a solid player, but um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised the Lakers didn't, didn't bite on that. Yeah. Me neither. Um, so that's very interesting because then that obviously anytime, anytime anything gets reported, so you see that they've been working and you see that Rob Palenka is now absolutely refusing to get rid of that second pick. But whose call is that? There's no way it's Rob's. This no, is, has got to be coming up from above. Yeah, I'm sure it's a combination of people. Like, do you think this is Jeannie saying you can't trade that pick? I was thinking Kurt. <laughs> The top, oh, you mean the top, top, yeah, the top, top Kurt, above course, ownership, right. yeah, 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 above um, ownership, yeah, that's a good, that's a just good because, class. like, let's think about it. When I said everybody that has a position of power right now at the Lakers won't be here in 2029, that doesn't include Kurt Rambis, he's got a free pass, him and Jeannie. Uh, <laughs> and I'm joking, but I'm not honestly, like, I'm joking, but I don't know what Phil Jackson's gonna be in, in seven years, but I'll tell you what. It does seem like Kurt Rambis has a lot of power and 
he's probably telling Jeannie, listen, if this trade don't work, you're going to fire Rob and he's going to leave you with nothing. You're going to have an empty cupboard. You have to keep something in that cupboard when, if, or when this trade doesn't work out. I think the, I don't think the Lakers are going to part with the second pick. I genuinely don't think they're going to do it. I think they're just, they have put that away in the safe and they're like, dude, Rob says, dude, Jeannie said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, he I can get it, fired. Like he can get fired midway yeah. through the season if they don't trade Russell Westbrook, and it's an absolute calamity again. They could fire Rob Polinka midseason. What do you need a GM for in February? I think they would have traded the second pick for Kyrie. Yes, uh, but obviously that for a lot of reasons that didn't happen. So, uh, and and they said they would only do that deal or, or make a trade where they send both first rounders out if they legitimately thought it would make them a title contender. And neither of these deals in the end or Utah does that. So I don't really like have you don't issue think with that it. You, you don't think either deal can make them title contenders? No, I think they can make them. I think both make them pretty damn good though. And get them at least have a, like a, a puncher's chance in a playoff series. And maybe through there, then sure. But I wouldn't say like on paper, they're top three favorite, top four. But at least it gets them closer than they are. And that's why like, I think this Indiana or this New York deal makes sense because they probably don't have to give up the second first rounder, which they probably really like. And like we talked about, they add a bunch of like solid rotation players um, to get rid of Westbrook, which could be addition by subtraction, just in terms of like vibes, Mm -hmm. like you don't have that, that stink over your season where guys are kind of looking over their shoulder, seeing what other people say in press conferences. Um, Let me ask you this. Benched. Let me ask you this because I I thought that you thought that this would make them title contenders, one of these two teams, one of these trades. So if neither deal makes them title contenders in your opinion, then why not just go through another season of Russ and don't give up any future, go through a year, get your big amount of cap space and go at it next summer if none of these deals, like why give anything up for something that's not going to make you a title contender when in LA, that's all that matters. Nobody in LA cares if you are a four seed and get bounced in the first round. I don't think the Lakers run their organization like that. Like they they always say championship or bust, but at the same time, they also don't want a repeat of last year. They want to be back in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They might not say that's their goal. Like, okay, we, we just want to be back in the playoffs. We don't care what happens, but I'm sure that's part of it. They want to be a better team than they were last year. I think they can, if they also extended LeBron James, I'm sure part of that conversation was we're going to get rid of uh, Russ. We're going to improve the team. Um, at, at least it shows him that they're actively trying. And that might have been part of the deal of him coming back. Like you at least have to try something, but you also don't empty the cupboard for a team or a deal that probably isn't going to win it all. So I, again, I, I think that's why the more I think about it, this New York deal makes a bit, bit more sense. I think, in my opinion, that if you get, if you pull off one of these deals, let's talk about the Utah one, because I think that's the better deal. And you get 2020 AD and last year's LeBron, a healthy LeBron, though. I think they do become title contenders. Okay. But you have to have the 2020 AD, the healthy, quote, cheat code AD, top five player. People are arguing if he's the best player in the NBA AD. You have to have that AD. So it's contingent on that. If that happens, I think that the Lakers are a title contending team because they now have shooting. 
because they now have an irritant in Patrick Beverly. They have some actual defenders. They have youth on the bench. Mm. They have Russ out. So let's just, for lack of a better term, the cancer in the locker room is out. You have a new coach. We don't know what he is yet, but he seems to be very, you know, player friendly. I think that for what Palinka has done, that's as best as he can do. But if you get the 2020 AD and you get a healthy last year, LeBron, I think they can make a run. Do I think they could beat the Warriors and the Suns? I don't know. Yet the season has to play out. But I think that there would those two players should get them high, like far. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to LeBron and AD, like you said. Like if those two guys play like how they did that season in those playoffs specifically, then of course they have like they they're always going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. I just meant it more like I to start the year, I would have project them to be title favorites. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. we have to see how this team gels like that. The, the underrated part of that season where they won the championship was how quickly that team had consistency and like buy-in from day one, which mm-hmm. is just so rare for a team who, again, the, the season before it was entirely new roster, another entire new roster this year, possibly right up to the training. Well, that's what camp. Rob does. Yeah, so it, it takes time, and they might gel really nice together, and they might have to pull off another trade deadline deal. They might have to make another deal before then. Who knows? But I, I think it, at least one of these deals does give them a closer chance at getting back into the playoffs, obviously, and also making some noise. But it is interesting to think about if the front office thinks that no matter if they make either or trade, that they're not championship contenders, they might be thinking to themselves, then why are we even doing it? You know, like, well, why not? Let's run it back. Let's just start over next summer. I know you're going to waste a year of LeBron, so I don't think they're thinking that, but you never know with this freaking front office, man. I mean, that's also why they're probably not giving up that second first-round pick, right? If they really thought all it took was un- Buddy and Turner and we're, like, we're good, they, the deal would have happened already. Yeah. Obviously, there are they have there's some hesitancy about their championship aspirations if they're not giving up that second first-round pick. They want to keep a little just in case in our back pocket, something doesn't work out right now. It's silver screen and roll.com. Alex regular wrote yesterday. The Lakers are getting the antithesis of Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. Why don't you tell us what you wrote about and then direct people on how to read it. Yeah. So I, since the trade, I kind of, you know, went back and after our conversation, watched a lot more of Patrick Beverly and, and just started kind of comparing him and Westbrook and they're wildly different players. Like they're very similar, you know, Personality wise, I think that's a positive. I, I think Beverly and Westbrook are both very passionate players, competitive players. You want those types of guys on your team. I just think Beverly's skill set is so drastically different in terms of Westbrook, in terms of what this team needs, right? On a LeBron AD team, you need your point guard to be an Alex Crusoe type, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who's ba- essentially a three and D gritty player. And that's what Patrick Beverly is. And it is kind of funny how the Lakers are kind of looking at that formula at, at what helped them win the championship and kind of address that. Okay. We might've made a mistake losing through. So here's our, our chance to kind of get something sort of similar to him and, and Patrick Beverly. So yeah, I wrote that and it's up at silver screen roll. Yeah. At Alex M regla, excuse me, at Alex M regla on Twitter is where you could follow him at Alex Padilla 86 is where you can follow me, but you can read Alex's work on silver screen Always insightful and always good stuff from you, my man. Always. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Taco Wednesday has concluded for the week. It is another week of rumor, another week of reports, another week of 
Russell Westbrook talk, but I feel like as if we're inching closer today, Anthony Irwin, who was on the show, I said, he said 85% chance. Russell Westbrook is not on the Lakers. What do you think? Chance it. Ooh, 85. He said 85%. He's not on the Lakers. Yeah. I believe that's what he said. I'll say 90. I was going to go high too. Yeah. I I really don't think he's going to be back. I don't think they'll buy him out, but they might. I don't know. 99%. No, that's too high. No, that's too high. I'm going to cut you guys. I'm going to price is right. You guys 87.5% chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think, yeah, I think all signs, the Lakers are working on a trade to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Do you think he's a Laker by next time we record? We're going to record on Wednesday next week as well. Cause it feels like that Mitchell deal is, it's close. And if that deal, Oh man, if that deal happens and the Lakers aren't involved, then I don't know what they give up to Indiana. Then at that point, they're not going to get rid of the second from buddy and miles. I don't think they are. And Westbrook's back on the team. <laughs> Let's go That's- New York. Come on now. Get it done. <laughs> get her done. Ain't that some man, Utah, huh? They fell fast and it's all, I think it, the I mean, they're going to the, have like the microphone incident first round draft picks now though. The Rudy Gobert in the microphone. I think that was it, man. I think that was the, the moment of the beginning of the end, as they say. <laughs> Damn, Utah fail fast, but so did the Lakers. So, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Um, yeah, eighty-seven point five percent chance Russell okay. Westbrook is not a Laker. I'll stick with that, and we'll see. Will they? Will he be next week? Yes. I say no. I think he gets traded. Okay, good because I can't be too positive today. I can't. I can't be the guy that tells you championship contender, eighty-seven percent chances. You know, I I got to be somewhat negative. <laughs> That's just it's it's in my blood, man. It's in my blood. But everybody subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Silver Screen and Roll uh, on anywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, silverscreenroll.com for all of your Laker news. Everyone does such a great job on that website. It is a pleasure to be part of the team. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Alex. And we'll talk to everybody. We're back next Wednesday because I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend. So next Wednesday we'll be back and we'll see if Russell Westbrook is a Laker still. I feel like we've finished the podcast like that for five months. (laughs) Alex, thanks, man. Thank you, man.